just want to let you know that the links for everything are down below to my guest and to the Serpents and Doves website. I want to encourage everybody to check those out. Also, if you can, remember to subscribe, to like, and to share the videos. And if you feel led to help support the work that I'm doing to come alongside it, whether with a single or a monthly recurring donation, you can do so by clicking in the link below. And I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get to it. What's going on, family? So we are here with part two, part two of the UFO with L.A. Marzulli, which is right here. L.A., let's just get started. All the links are below, family. If you've missed anything, go and watch the previous segment just because uh, we don't want to run out of time, and we, we definitely are going to run out of time. But listen, we're just going to pick up where we left off, and where is that? I want to talk about abductions first. Let's go there really, really quick because I think that a lot of people from the last time might be thinking about these things and going, how in the world do you believe that these aliens can actually take somebody physically? So there is a literal physicality to the abductions and the things that they perform. Where in scripture are we able to find any evidence that there is a physical aspect to this deception? Okay, so here... Let me let me just to, uh, kind of run it by you this way. So there's a guy in a jail cell, and he's chained to a wall. All of a sudden, an entity comes into the jail cell, but comes through the wall. He just, how does that work? And the chains fall off, the prison door opens, and they march out of the prison. And the guards who are guarding the prison, they're all switched off. They're all asleep. They get to the end of the hallway. There's another door. Door opens by itself. The guy goes out to the courtyard. The big prison door opens by itself, and the guy, the, the, the prisoner is now free, and the entity he was with him disappears. So what is that? Yeah, that's an axe, right? Paul and Peter, Silas. Yeah, it's Peter's jailbreak. Yeah. It's Peter being released from jail by a good angel. When Jesus reappears to his disciples after, after, in his resurrected body, he doesn't come through the door. He comes through the wall. So these entities, the good and the bad guys, can manipulate space, time, matter, and energy which, in, which, in ways that defy our physics. So the bad guys come in. They pick someone up. They're paralyzed. They can't move. They can move their eyes around. They're floated off the bed. They're levitated off the bed. They go through a wall. They go through the ceiling. They go through a window. And when the abductee is coming to the window, they're thinking to themselves, are they going to open the window? But they never open the window. They go through the window. So what we're looking at is a future physics in which we know nothing about. But that's what these entities can do. They manipulate space, time, matter, and energy in ways that completely blow our minds. Yeah, that's crazy. So um, so there's definitely a, a physicality aspect to it. I, I actually was thinking Acts chapter 16, we've got Paul and Silas in prison. And the thing that blows my mind is you've got the jailer. So you have this great earthquake, earthquake that shakes and, you know, th their chains come off. But the jailer didn't wake up to the earthquake. He wakes up after, right, after everybody, all the commotion and everything. And so we, we definitely have that ability. I, I totally see it in Scripture. I definitely agree with you because I think some people would make this, try and make this distinction between 
an angel and a fallen angel has maybe lesser powers, but that's really not the case here. They still have the power of they're still an angel, fallen, yes, in nature, but they still have the uh, the power to do these things. So what would be the purpose? Because you alluded this, you talked about this, not alluded, you talked about this in the first uh, part that we did. They do these experiments where they take the sperm, they take the ovum, they, they um, in some of your movies, in these testimonies, they talk about it's always sexual, it seems to me. It's always sexual-based. Why? Why are they doing that? What is the purpose? Well, the, the enemy, again, it goes back to Genesis 3.15, the mingling of a seed. Uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but there's no marriage contract. Read it for yourself. The bottom line is, I remember asking this question to Chuck Messler, the late Dr. Chuck Messler, years ago. And I said, you know, what do you think's going on here? Chuck, without missing a beat, said Satan's out number two to one, he's building an army. We actually show that clip, I believe, in Watchers 10 of our film, where Chuck comes on the record and says, Satan's out number two to one, he's building an army. So that's exactly what's going on. Sperm is taken from the men, ovum is taken from the women. Women are impregnated. Now, you say, well, you know, L.A., that sounds really bizarre. Well, Brett Baer on Fox News, okay, about a year ago, came out with a little statement. This is Brett Baer on Fox News. You can't get a more conservative reporter. And I remember he's reading off a teleprompter. And basically he stated this, that some women who are aboard or find themselves in the proximity of UFOs find themselves pregnant. And they just let it drop. He just let the ball drop like right there. In our film... There are two women, Angela and Karen. Karen's been taken by them numerous times, impregnated by them three times. And in the third month, they come back, they're re-abducted. The women are taken, they're re-abducted, and the baby is taken from them. And then it's moved onto the ship in an artificial womb where it, it comes into maturity. Now, I realize that sounds completely crazy. But you know what, Pablo? It ties in with the cattle mutilations, which have been going on for decades. Law enforcement has never brought anyone uh, in, in, into court, never made a charge against anyone. These are not predators. These are not scavengers. They're not. Material is cored out with surgical precision from these animals. Recently, what, two months ago, six tongues from cows in Texas, it went national news. No one knows why. The blood is drained completely from the animal. Well, bovine blood and human blood are interchangeable. You can use cow blood in a human transfusion. So the enemy, the dragon, is creating artificial wounds. This is where the, the child is taken. The mother is re-abducted in the third month of her pregnancy. The baby is taken from her and placed in her artificial womb. And it's a hybrid. It is, a, in essence, a modern-day Nephilim. Why does Jesus, out of all the places in Scripture, he could point to, he says, you know, it'll be like the days of Noah at the coming of the Son of Man. Why does he say that? Why, why out of the entire, remember, the New Testament isn't written sure. when he's saying, yeah. so he's got the entire Old Testament to, Tanakh, to look at. And he says, you know, it'll be like the days of Noah when I return. Why does he point to that? The mingling of the seed, the mingling of the seed. It all goes back to Genesis 3.15. If, if you're listening to this for the first time and you've never come to, a, to an understanding of Genesis 3.15, go back and watch the first, the first um, installment here because I got into it. But Genesis 3.15 is the key to our Bibles. 
where the dragon and the women, the seed of the dragon will be at war with the seed, the offspring of the woman. This is where we are. This is yeah. So some people would listen that are hearing this would go, you know what? That sounds like something out of the matrix. I'm going to show something here real quick. Um, these are just all images from the movie, the matrix. And I know this might be a little too small for people to see, uh, but this is like supposedly an artificial womb, right? And they show this in the movie. We did talk about the subject of predictive programming, right? Here's another, um, there's another image. That's a wallpaper. And uh, this is a clip from the movie. And these are all artificial wombs, supposedly. Now, why am I bringing this up is, again, we talked about predictive programming and Hollywood showing these things, these artificial wombs. The question that's being begged here is, Satan can't do anything without God's stamp of approval, right? We see it in the book of Job. He approached God. He said, you know, have you have you taken a look at my—God says, you've taken a look at my servant Job. And it wasn't until God said, okay, but don't do X, Y, and Z. So nothing can happen. Satan can't do anything without his stamp of approval. So why would God allow something, in your opinion, to go this far, to replicate, to— to um to counterfeit what God created the mother the womb and I understand you also talk about um you also talk about in the book here uh, abortions and there's a tie to abortions there too but why in your opinion would God allow something like this I honestly I don't have an answer to that I was on a, a, a about a 45 minute call with a Native American yesterday and um, we were talking about this very thing. It's like his, his, his uh, question to me was, if you had two sons and one you knew was Jack the Ripper, would you ever let him out of the house? And of course, the answer to that is absolutely not. There's no way. You would, you would chain that guy up and never let him out because he's going to kill people. You know that. Yeah. Well, Gary Stearman calls it the dragon trap. So God recreates the earth, puts Adam and Eve in a garden, and he allows the dragon to go right in there. He allows the dragon to do the unthinkable. And so the protocols of the war, we're not privy to. We get, we get little, little glimpses of things, but we're not privy to it. We don't understand. I mean, God, the Father God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, could just go, that's it, I've had it up to here, boom, and it all disappears. But that's not what he does. Right. It all disappears. And because of free will, he allows it to play on. He could blink his eyes, and that would be the end of the fallen one in his kingdom. Doesn't do that. He allows it to play out. And I've got questions on that because some of it, I mean, it's just like the crucifixion is, is, is beyond brutal. It's beyond brutal. It's, it's just so sure. inhuman. I mean, what they did to the body, what they did to him was just, there's, you're, not, you're not coming off this thing. There's no way out of this. You're, you're dead. You're toast. And especially where the where the nails go in in the palm, they they come in like this, so they like it's hard to. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me go over here that way. Yeah. there you go. They they come in. Here's the palm. They come in like this, so it it comes through the back of the wrist. It would it would create such excruciating pain that as he's hanging there and his nerves are hitting the nails, he's he's going through the roof. He. It, Dying from shock, absolutely, along with everything else. The loss of blood, the fact that his nerves are just completely shot, the scourging, the crown of thorns, all those thorns which are beaten down into his head, they're hitting nerve endings. I mean, it's, it's barbaric 
It is absolutely disgustingly barbaric. Why? Why does God allow that to happen? And I have no answer to it. Let me play this clip and then we'll come back and talk about this. This was just recently. In recent reporting, author Michael Schellenberger writes that multiple sources have confirmed whistleblower David Grush's claim that the United States government possesses a number of non-human vehicles. These sources are, quote, either high-ranking intelligence officials, former intelligence officials, or individuals who could be verified as being involved in the United States government UAP efforts for three or more decades, according to his reporting. Schellenberger writes that the individuals said they had seen or been presented with, quote, credible and verifiable evidence that the U.S. government and U.S. military contractors possess at least 12 or more alien spacecraft, some of which they shared with AARO or the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, quote, which AARO has refused to provide Congress. The office reportedly said it has not discovered any verifiable information and, quote, because it does not have the authority to verify it and may not want to verify it. Joining us now to discuss is Twitter Files author and author of Apocalypse Never, Michael Schellenberger. Thank you for being with us, Michael. Good to be with you. So, confirmation, aliens are real. This is exciting. What do you make of the baker's dozen of alien spacecraft that we have? Well, I think it's it's worth just pointing out that this is very shocking. Uh, the whistleblower in question, David Grush, used the term ontological shock, which is a little bit of jargon, but what he means is that the idea that we are not alone um, in the abstract is something that everybody, I mean, not everybody, but many people, the large majority of people agree with that we are um, almost certainly not alone in the universe. However, the idea that there may already be contact or have been contact for quite a while between the U.S. military and non-human intelligence, non-human life forms is very shocking. And it's shocking for me personally. There's things I kept out of the story that I think were just too shocking and, and certainly harder to confirm. And it, But I do think it's clear that the conversation about this has progressed from the idea that the Pentagon simply has some videos to uh, a, lar a large and growing number of people with reason to know who say that, in fact, there are non-human spacecraft. So the cat's out of the bag now. This is not a question. All your years and decades of talking about this, the government finally coming out and saying, yes, L.A. was right. I know they didn't say L.A. was right, but that's essentially what's going on. So listen, um, one thing that I want to talk about is the fact that the great deception, and this is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time, the great deception, because we could talk about this all day long, but if we don't bring it back to Scripture and the last question I'm going to leave you with is a question from Brad Myers himself. And he wanted me to ask that for you, but I'm not going to do that until the very end. So before we get into this, let me just kind of set the stage really quick, because I think it's important for people to understand that this is not something new. These entities, these aliens aren't just appearing right now, but they're also saying and stating what their intentions are. So out of this book by G.W. Mullins called Star People, Sky Gods, Other Tales of the Native Americans, this is what 
uh, is part in the book. It says, quote, in Native American history, there are many legends about UFOs, gods, and aliens. There has always been a connection between Native Americans and beings from other parts of the universe referred to as star people. The experience of tribal individuals with the Pleiades, and I'm going to quote a, a what she calls herself as a channeler or trance from the Pleiades, um, is featured quite proximately in legends across many tribes, including Cherokee, Onondag, uh, and Lakota, and others. Through the many legends and tribes, you can find instances where natives are either rescued or helped by gods or star beings. And this is where I'm going to stop. Many prominent stories tell of the interbreeding with gods and star people and how their offspring must learn to interact and exist with the tribes. So this is not something new, as you've said, right, L.A.? Yeah, the whole thing with star gods and, and Native American culture, I mean, they're there. They've been, there's this, in fact, there's a, a Native American guy, uh, I'm not going to tell you where he's from, but he called me up and said, my grandfather in the sweat lodge, they're calling down the greys. They're calling yeah. down the greys. So this is what they do. They've been doing this forever. Um, and the idea of mingling of the seed, that's been happening. But, you know, there's also a um, Robert Mirabal has this thing called Stiltwalker, and it's right out of Genesis six. We actually interviewed him in, in our books and everything else. But he's and he learned it from his grandfather. The story they say a long time ago, you know, the sons and daughters of men, uh, you know, fell in love with these star beings that came down and they could read your mind. They could tell the future, this whole deal. And so in, in the in the um, little vignette that he's pre presenting, this guy, huge guy, he's like over 10 feet tall. He's on a pair of stilts. And that's why they call it stilt walker. He comes in, you know, and he's really loud in the whole deal. And, and um, but he says, you know, the giants in Milan. So Native Americans knew about this. Sarah Winnemucca talks about it uh, with the Paiutes, that, that the six-fingered red-haired giants that were there, they rounded them all up in a cave, and that's where they all killed them. Chief Joseph Riverwind in our film comes in and talks about the star gods and what they were and how they commingling of the seed. Um, these are the fallen angels. That's what they are. And they're, it's global. It's a global deal. But it's always mingling of the seed. It's, it's all about the seed. It goes back to Gary Stearman, you know, a decade ago. It's all about the seed. It goes back to Genesis 3.15. The commingling of the seed, it brings us right into to where we are. Right. And I know, I know Chuck Missler used to talk about Native Americans being deathly afraid of a six-fingered man. And that's why they would say how when they would put their hand up to see if they had six fingers, correct? Correct. There's yeah. also something that um, in that interview, his book is called Apocalypse Never. Well, he needs to understand that you're going against God's word. There will be an apocalypse. There will be an unveiling. There will be the book of Revelation, which is verbatim. It is the wrath of God. The church is not here for the wrath of God, but it is the wrath because, you know, you've got two billion aborted babies on this planet. Yep. Two billion with a B. So I can't get my head around that number, but I can tell you what it looks like. You can go from the North Pole to Nome, Alaska, to Eastern Canada, to Washington State, to Washington, D.C., to Los Angeles, to Tampa, to, to, to Mexico City, 
all the way down South America, Central America, down to Tierra del Fuego, you would never see one person. That's what two billion people looks like. You would never see one person from the North Pole all the way down to Tierra del Fuego. You would not see one person. The blood of the innocent cries out. What's more innocent than an unborn baby? That's right. The, the blood, the blood is allowing all this to help or helps it to manifest. Nothing new under the sun. And this is where the wrath of God comes in. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like flaming fire. On his head are many crowns. When he, when he shows up, you know, he treads the wine, the wine press of the fury of the wrath of God. Um, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. This is where we're going. Uh, it's not apocalypse never, with all due respect, sir. It's apocalypse soon. Because I, I believe that the church is not appointed to wrath, and we're going to go up fairly soon. It's got to happen sooner than later, and because you can't fix this anymore. And that's when all hell breaks loose, literally. Okay, well, let's spend our last 10, 15 minutes just talking about, let me just quote here this lady, Barbara Marcianic. She is a supposed trans person. I don't encourage anybody to listen to her stuff. Okay, you can look and 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 read about her all you want, but uh, these Palladians are supposed to be channeled by her, right? As if she was picked. But listen to some of the quotes by her in uh, what she wrote called "Bringers of the Dawn: Teaching from the Palladians." So, just some quotes, and we'll talk about this really quick. If you bear with me, LA. Um, on page six, she says, "Humanity is learning a great lesson at this time. This lesson is, of course, to realize your godhood." Now, folks, listen, there is a connection. Dave Hunt made this connection back in 1983, a great book between New Age and this whole UFO alien phenomenon. Your connectedness with the prime creator and with all that exists, the lesson is to realize that everything is connected and that you are part of it. Page four, she says, there are motherships surrounding this planet. She also says, quote, the people who leave the planet during the time of Earth changes do not fit here any longer, and they are stopping the harmony of the earth. So these are people that are going to be taken out of the planet. Yeah, exactly. Page 16, she says, quote, These new owners who came here 300,000 years ago are the magnificent beings spoken of in your Bibles, in the Babylonian and Sumerian tablets, and in the texts all over the world. They came to earth and rearranged the native human species. Just a couple more. It has been our attention to expand your ideas of who your gods are, because those gods will be returning to earth. And the last thing I'm going to read is from page 42, and it says, when these beings return to earth, not if, when these beings return to earth, some of these gods will seem to fix and save your world. What is your response to that, L.A.? Well, nothing new under the sun. What is what is the dragon tell Eve? You know, take the fruit, you'll be like God, your eyes will be open. So it's always the same thing, the God within you, the goddess within you. And channeling, we are forbidden to do that. And I'm going to try to get Barbara on our show because my first question to Barbara, and, you know, we've had people from the other side of the aisle come on, and we always treat them with respect. We're not sure. here to, you know, to disparage anybody. But the first question is, how do you know the entity that you're channeling is benevolent or malevolent? What's your litmus test? How do you know that? How do you know that you're not being deceived? And it's the same old gobbledygook, if I can use that expression, yep. that I heard 50 years ago when I was into the new age. My third eye was open. I had a guru. I meditated. Eastern mysticism, the whole nine yards. I heard this exact same thing 50 years ago. 
that people would not be ready for the paradigm shift. And so they would take, our ET space brothers, would take these people who aren't ready for the paradigm shift off to another world so they could evolve. So that's how they explain away the rapture of the church. Yeah. And yeah, it's, absolutely. It's absolute. It, it, you know, what is, perilous times will come, the doctrine of, of demons. You know, they will, they will I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here, but, but know this in the, in the last days, perilous times will come. That's another scripture from Second Timothy. But, but piggyback onto that, piggybacking onto that is basically the idea that because they did not believe the truth, God sends them strong delusion. Second Thessalonians piggyback onto that, and it's because they um, that they left the truth, and so now they embrace the doctrine of demons, which is exactly where we are. You know, it's exactly where we are. The doctrine yeah. of demons, and this is now people like you know, with all due respect to um, Marciniak, I mean, she's completely deluded in my opinion, completely one hundred percent. Yeah. Channeling and and notice also this it's not always the women but there's a, it's, it's a stronger usually it's 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 there's a couple of guys out there but most of the time it's the women who who get into this and they're the ones that are deceived yeah and so they, listen I, I agree one hundred percent um I I don't mean to cut you off but I know we're running out of time and I want to definitely get to this so let me ask you a question answer, and then we'll go to this. Do you believe that there is a possibility of a, quote, mothership appearing at some time hovering over a city as a means for this great deception to begin? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, that, might be, that might be the kicker. That might be the thing which just, look, if a mile-wide ship appears over any city and just sits there, you remember how they lit up the grid in, with COVID? And before COVID, it was the Fukushima disaster when the grid's all lit up. And the entire planet is in lockstep looking at one event. Well, that's what's going to happen. Everything, I mean, everything will stop. All planes, everything will stop until they sort it out. It could go on for weeks. It'll go on for weeks. And it's going to cause a huge paradigm shift. The question is, is the church here for that? Or are we already taken out? Yeah, I agree. Now, listen, some people might say, how on earth? I've alluded to this in part one. If you guys want to go back and listen, how are, you know, are these things man-made here? Are they ma made it on another planet? Because that was the question that I was asking, but I wasn't thinking one thing. And if you don't mind just spending a couple minutes, the dimensionality aspect, right? Because we have the physical realm and we have the spiritual realm. And it's really important for us to remember that. Things can come out of the spiritual realm and back into the spiritual realm because they're spirit beings. So that is a possibility. Am I off my rocker? No, no, you're not. I mean, they use technology. Think about Ezekiel when when the two angels come walking in with slaughter weapons, and then there's a guy with an inkhorn. That's technology. I mean, it's, it's technology. It's like right there in our Bibles. But you know, we we skip over those parts and we have a tendency to spiritualize everything. There is technology. And it's being used, and um, I don't have all the answers. I keep saying that. I mean, that's you know, I'm just I don't. Sure. Nobody is on the planet, but something is coming. We've been warned, and this is the great deception. This is the coming great deception, and yeah. it's upon us, no doubt. Okay. So listen, family, uh, I want, I'm just going to just tell you guys quickly about CERN. And some, might, some of you might be saying, well, what in the world does that have anything to do with it? 
CERN is trying to open portals to different dimensions. So that aspect is very, very, very real because we do see some of these spacecrafts, they come in and out. They come in and out. And so I do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that they come from the spirit realm into the physical. And therein lies a great, great deception. Now, we couldn't get through everything. And I'm going to read this last thing. Ask you, um, Brad, because Brad Myers said, you got to ask LA this question. I will ask this. You will close us out with that. But I'm going to read something. I want to get your take. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, we read, I'm going to read down in, uh, I know verse 3 talks about the apostasy. There is this great falling away that's coming. It is the apostasy, not a apostasy, not something that is gradually happening. That is the apostasy. Now, I'm going to drop down and tell you and, and read this to you. Verse 9 says, The coming of the lawless one, that is the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So if I stop there, is there anything out of the realm that Satan won't be able to counterfeit, to produce as a means of deceptions, especially in the area of UFOs? It looks like all uh, all the stops are pulled out, as it were, um, and from that, because it's all signs and lying wonders. And, I mean, people are going to be sitting there going like, my gosh, what is this? What are we looking at here? And people will be deceived. And um, it's, I mean, I, 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 I've been doing this forever. Well, not forever, but for decades, as you said. And I've tried to warm a church. And, you know, you go back 25 years ago or 30 years ago, you couldn't even talk about this in churches. People would look at you and move away. You know, now it's here. So what's coming is unprecedented. There's no doubt about it. What is coming is absolutely unprecedented. Yeah, and we're seeing that formation right now. Okay, Brad Myers, straight to you, L.A. This is a question. Answer it. Close us out afterwards with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But answer this question. Brad Meyer says, what is the coming great deception or the strong delusion, and why should we care? Obviously, why as believers, why as a church should we care? Because they will say they, these, these so-called aliens, are space brothers, but they're not. They will tell us, so-called ET, which are fallen angels in disguise, in my opinion, messengers of deception, they will say that they created all life on this planet, that they genetically manipulated early man, that they jump-started the world's civilizations and religions, and now at this critical juncture in human history, they are back to usher mankind into a golden age. That critical juncture could be a nuclear bomb going off someplace. That, that could be the trigger where everything changes. That's conjecture. But they are obsessed with nukes. Why is that? We already got to that in the first section. So something's going on. And it's not going away. UFOs are real burgeoning and not going away. And the most important thing a person can do um, with, in, in view of everything that's going on is to understand that there was someone who was sent here and it was prophesied over by the prophets. There are, there are hundreds of prophecies concerning the birth of Christ. There's nothing else like it on the planet. And I'm not making this up. Very, very specific prophecies talking about his first coming where he would be born, what his name would be. You know, he would be born of a virgin. At, at the, it, just, it just goes on and on and on and on. It's mind-boggling how he would die, what would happen. And um, that man is Jesus. And the Shroud of Turin, 
which is I'm, I've always been a, a huge follower of the Shroud. I believe with the Shroud of Turin, you can see the face right back there. Yep. That's the face of the Shroud, the man of the Shroud. And I believe that that's the burial cloth of Jesus, and it shows what he looked like at the moment of resurrection, because that's when that imprint was uh, created on the Shroud. A person, everyone on this planet is has a sin nature. We do things that that are contrary to what we want to do. Sometimes, like a child never has to learn to lie, they just know how to do that. How, how is it possible that even a little four or five-year-old boy or girl will know how to lie? It's, it's in there. It's in their, their DNA. How does that work? And so as we go through life and we mature, we realize that, that some of us realize that, we're, that something's wrong here. Why am I like this? And the miracle of Christianity is the fact that there was one that came 2,000 years ago. His name was Jesus. And when he paid the price for all the things that all humanity would ever do, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When we embrace him, when we realize he was the one who was sent, he was the one who was prophesied about, he was the one that died in our place. And we ask him, we just ask him, it's as simple as that. We say, Father, send your son. Jesus, I don't know whether you're real or not, but if you are, come into my life and change it. I believe you were the one that was sent, and I ask that you forgive my sins. When that happens to us, when we come across the line and we say that, something supernatural happens to us. We are then indwelt with the Spirit of a living God who will teach us in all things. Look, folks, I'll be 73 years old in December. I'm not the same man I was 43 years ago when I accepted the Lord. And I promise you, when you do that, things will change in your life. Things will change in your life. If you're, if you're addicted to drugs and you ask him in, he will, he will change that. In some cases, he'll take the addiction right from you without ever doing anything. I'm not saying he will do that, but I know people that that's happened to. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the author of all life. All things were created by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He was with God in the beginning, and he was God. He is the Word of God. So there you go. Just ask him in. Ask him in. Amen. Do you mind leading us uh, and just closing us out in prayer, L.A.? Not at all. Father, we come before you, and we thank you for this time. I pray that it would bless your people. It would um, uh, arm them with what's going on. It would give them a sense of urgency, and but not fear. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You're not the author of fear. You've told us what will happen. And this conversation with Pablo has been to, to peel back the darkness, to expose the deception of the prince of the power of the air, and of course, to herald the return of our King and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, because he's got to be coming soon. So we ask that you bless us, watch over us, and protect us. Help us to spread the good news in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. L.A., thank you so much. Folks, listen, family, um, if I could summarize part one and part two would be don't be deceived. Do not be deceived because that is the ulterior motive. That is what the enemy wants to do. And how do we do that? Number one, like L.A. said, ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Number two, get into the Word of God. Study it. Get the Word of God into you know the word of God so you won't be deceived. 
And listen, I know I was challenged. Think about these things. Go to LA's websites, check out his books, get his material, his new, um, the five-part series, if you don't mind holding that up. There you go, UFO Disclosure. There's going to be more films. Even though, LA, you are 73, you still have a lot of work left in you until the Lord calls you home or the Lord calls us all home via the rapture. And prayerfully, it is the latter rather than the former. So, LA, thanks again so much. Thanks, Pablo. Uh, God hope bless. to have you on again. Lord bless you. Keep looking up, family. Our redemption draws near. Until the next time, Lord bless you guys.